Our God is awesome, isn't he? And uh, how about our high school graduates? Are they awesome? I mean, feel free. Clap. Say, go get them. Add a boy, add a girl. Crank it. Whatever you feel like saying. Um, God is awesome. Forgiveness is awesome. And church is always a humbling experience, isn't it? I just got reminded today with our high school graduates how stupid and unaccomplished I was in high school. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a very humbling thing. I am just so thankful that God got a hold of me in college. That's all I can say. And he's been able to shape and make something out of my life at any rate. But, you know, I'm impressed. I'm encouraged. I'm inspired. I think that um, uh, God is going to use all of you in a great way. We still have a lot to learn. Whether we're younger or older, we have a lot to learn about forgiveness. God is awesome, and his forgiveness is awesome. The weight of this topic in Scripture, the blessings and the consequences of either paying attention to this or blowing it off are pretty substantial. Today, we're continuing on in our series for the year, Faithful Together. And the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about spirit-filled relationships, and we're wanting to emphasize this idea of the spirit. It's not just our own efforts. It's the Holy Spirit living inside of us, which is why it's so important to be born again, so important to have a genuine conversion, so important to have not only your own DNA and your own motivation and your own force of will, but God's power and spirit within each one of us. Us, to make us what we were really created and destined to be able to, uh, to become. We're talking about forgiveness, you know, this morning. I, um, it all begins with God, okay? I want you to think about this. And for some of you, this topic is close to your heart. For others, you're just really learning about this. But here's what, here's what the Scripture says. You know, if, if God kept count of all of our sins, all of our mess-ups, all of our iniquities, who would be able to stand before God? And the answer is obviously nobody. And we've got these great passages in the Scriptures that, 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 that recount that God is a loving God, that He doesn't deal with us according to our sins. As far as the East is from the West, that's how far He can remove them from us. He's not a God who stays angry with us. He's a God who's full of compassion, as the book of Hebrews says. He'll remember our sins no more. And, and Micah put it this way, who is a God like you? Who has a God like you? That was a very pertinent question back in the ancient world because the gods of the Persians, the gods of the Greeks, the gods of the Romans, they were not like this at all. They're very unpredictable. They were, they were capricious. They were fickle. They would be just as likely to turn you into a stone, a statue, an animal if you looked at them or offended them in a bad way. You constantly had to make sacrifices to them. And then uh, uh, even, even in some situations, human sacrifices. And, you know, the gods were gods of vengeance. And, and you know, you want to be honest, there's a little something inside of us that enjoys these movies about vengeance. Jason Strahan and all those guys, you know, Liam Nielsen. I mean, there's something inside of us that wants to see people get it stuck to them, you know, when they mess up. And, um, you know, the picture you see in the Bible, that, wow, do we ever take this for granted so often, it's not a picture like that at all. Hey, can I get an amen to God as a forgiving God? 
that is his nature. He's a loving God. And then, as Adrian talked about, this is what Jesus tried to get across with this dramatic thing we call the Lord's Prayer. As the disciples said, teach us how to pray. How did he start off? It was our Father in heaven. There are a lot of ways you can address God. And when you look through the Old Testament, there are all these names of God. Some of them are, about, are like about his awesomeness, his power, that he's a jealous God. Uh, 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 you know, El Shaddai, Adonai, you know, Elohim, Jehovah Kwana. I mean, these, these are, the book of Romans tells us this great book of grace, by the way. In Romans 11, it says, you know, God considered the kindness and severity of our God. He's full-bodied in his nature. And uh, yet in the Old Testament, you still see these pictures of, of this loving, gracious God who's slow to anger and, 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 and wants to have compassion on us. And these things like the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Nisi, uh, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, Jehovah Shalom, who gives us peace, Jehovah Shama, the God who is there. You see it, but in, in the New Testament with Jesus, it goes to a completely different level. He, say, he says, start it off with our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this daily bread. We need some bread. We need some finances. We need some help. But forgive us our sins or our debts as we extend that and forgive others. And he goes on in this, uh, as he's teaching them this prayer what a statement here, if, if you forgive people when they sin against you, whether you're 18 or 80, this is, applies to us. If we forgive those who sin against us, your Father in heaven will forgive you. However, if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's fairly dramatic, isn't it? Forgiveness really just all starts with, uh, with, with you know, with the Father. Now, what never had happened before is you can never address God as Abba, Daddy. That's the new thing that Jesus teaches us. How grateful should me and you be that we can talk to God in that kind of intimate, personal way? And he loves his parents. You love your high school kids? You love your middle school kids. Sometimes that's a challenge, you know, as well. Your elementary school kids, you love them? Sure. Do you want to condemn them? No. Do you want to forgive them? Of course. Because you're a human father and mom. But God, God is, and, and so to be able to have this intimacy, this closeness with God, it becomes very easy, or let's put it this way, much easier to forgive others or to give of yourself, your finances, your time when you have that kind of, uh, you know, of God. I'm, I, uh, I'm just filled with so much gratitude these days, and uh, I've been contemplating a lot of things in my life. A lot of the blessings, a lot of the encouragement, one of them obviously is my wife. Kelly, by the way, she's doing great. She's, 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 way, ahead of, she's way ahead of progress. She's her physical therapist's best, you know, you know, patient, you know, they say. So she's doing, she's doing really. However, I've been talking to every single husband I know and telling them, when you look across the couch or across the dining room table, or lay across the bed, and you see your bride, you just need to be so full of gratitude and never take it for granted, ever. There's so many things we should never, ever take for granted. And God's forgiveness is at the top of the list 
One day Jesus came upon a crowd. It was a very interesting crowd. Uh, it was an unusual crowd. It, 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 uh, it got his attention and the other disciples. And, the, and they walked up and, and they saw in the middle of the crowd, there was this, there, there was this woman who, who was clearly shaken and weeping and so vulnerable. And then a bunch of these guys in the crowd, it was mostly men, they had rocks in their hands. Because, see, this woman had been caught in, in adultery. She wasn't married, and she was shacking up with some other guy, and they yanked the woman and put him in the middle of the square. And where was the guy? Well, hey, that was a whole other issue for another time. The guy got off scot-free. And they're talking about uh, asking Jesus, what are you going to do with this thing? And at that point, Jesus makes one of the maybe most profound statements ever that he made. And really, it's meaningful to him, two of us. Two of those statements, as a matter of fact, he got down, he was drawing on the ground, as you can see from this scripture. And uh, they kept asking him, hey, what are you going to do with this woman, Jesus? You're a righteous man. And he says to them, let those of you who are without sin, you throw the first stone. And the Bible says that beginning with the oldest, they dropped their stones and they left Nobody was there but Jesus and the woman. And he says, woman, did no one condemn you? She said, no, sir, nobody condemned me. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. How amazing is that? You know, when you think about, you know, God's forgiveness, it's, it, it's amazing. I uh, look over my life, I think I used to be more like John and... Matthew and Luke, a young guy, and all fired up about this, that, and the other, and people really bothered me when they didn't do what I thought they should do. I, uh, it's interesting. The older I get, the more undeserving I feel about what every, everything that God has put in my life. How about you? You know, I just look around this room, you guys, I look at my kids, you know, I look at... Uh, my friends, I look at, I think about all of the prayers that are prayed for me, all the people that love and care about me. I think about the health care of this country. So we know people are suffering all around the world. I think about the financial blessings in this first world that we have, even if we have much less than some other people, you know, around us. And, and, and just, I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more grateful, I think, you know, every week and year that goes by in my life. And it's so interesting. I've actually never had more aches and pains you know, something you got, really got to look forward to, high school grads. <laughs> you start aching more as time goes on, and little body parts start wearing out gradually. I've never had more aches and pains, honestly. Yeah, when I work out and other things like that, it just is, oh, great. Um, I, uh, I, I've never had more anxious financial thoughts as I'm older and having to think about, you know, kind of retirement-type issues, that type of thing. I've never had less desire to be in more and more meetings. Yet, yet I've never felt more grateful to be able to come to this church building, to be able to give my money to Season of Giving and to support all of you, to be part of a genuine spiritual family, and uh, just anticipate hugging some of you. I actually did it a couple of times today. And uh, on that day when it comes when I need to extend forgiveness to you, when you've hurt or offended me, I think it will be easier because I'm more and more grateful. We had our first uh, minister's retirement uh, 
conference, I've been in the, I went in the ministry uh, 45 years ago in 1976 as the earth was cooling, okay, you know. And for the first time ever, and I did have a stint out in the business world, you know, for about 10 years while I was out of the ministry, first time ever we had a uh, minister's a retirement, you know, kind of conference. And I was going through there, and I was going, as we were going, I was struggling because I was realizing all the lousy, bad advice I was given or not given, and the financial consequences, you know, of that in my life over the next 15, 20 years, whatever, whatever God gives me. And there, there were moments where I had to go, okay, Tom, remember, you're speaking on forgiveness tomorrow. You need to extend it. You need to chill out and just think about what you have, not what you don't have. I, I'm so excited for our high school graduates, our fifth grade graduates, you know, as well. I was here praying up and down the aisles like I, my tradition is on uh, Saturday before I preach. And out, out uh, next door, you know, the parents and some of the teens and the teen workers were getting the high school prom put together. And I hear it was a tremendous, you know, tremendous time. And, you know, we are, you know, we're excited. Absolutely. We've said it many times about our graduates, whether they're fifth graders or middle schoolers going into high school or our high school grads moving on into adult life, our campus graduates. Do you realize we've had a lot of new marriages? Do you realize we have had 23 new babies in the community, Marietta Square community alone in the last year and a half? They're popping up everywhere, you know? They're transitions everywhere. I even snuck on a midweek Zoom call to listen to the women on Monday night, uh, uh, Wednesday night. Sorry, I kind of eased in there through Kelly's phone. You know, just to get inspired by that. There are a lot of things that are great about being younger. There are a lot of things to look forward to. There are a lot of gifts. You can run so many circles around us and our technology is very sad. But there's something, if you're younger, you have not learned yet, and that's forgiveness. You got a long way to go, right, church? You don't get it till life has beat up on you a little while, and that people have hurt you and let you down. Not to say that if you're young, you haven't experienced tough things. But there's a lot that God is trying to teach us, you know, through this time and through these years. And uh, the whole idea is the Holy Spirit will help us be more grateful, more appreciative, and, 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 and more forgiving ourselves. Not what the Bible says, freely you've received, freely give. Have we freely received forgiveness from God? So freely give it. Have we f- freely received blessings, financial and otherwise, from God? Freely give it. It's just such a simple thing, but it's prompted by God. It all starts with God and powered by the Holy Spirit. uh, It seems like, you know, when we've experienced a deep sense of forgiveness, it changes our life and our understanding of grace and gratitude. That's why it's so important not to cut short the repentance process when you're coming to become a disciple initially. It's important to lean into your sin and understand it at whatever age you are. But the more deeply you understand this sense of forgiveness, the more gratitude and understanding of grace you get. The Apostle Paul got this. He kept saying, I'm the chief of sinners. I'm the worst. Mary Magdalene obviously got this. I've grown to get this over the years. I think that I want to share something now that's awkward for me to be able to, to do, but, but I'm going to do it anyway. And Kelly and I, when we speak for the last 20 years all around the country, in other countries, we tell our story. 
And it's not just a, a story of, hey, everything's great. You know, um, there was a time, you know, 25 years ago, or, uh, wow, the years add up, maybe 30, you know, where uh, uh, we were in the ministry, and I, I'm a much better naturally minister than I am a husband. Didn't have a dad growing up, didn't have many role models, and we weren't into each other's marriages as much, you know, back, you know, back then. And I shortcut some things in my, in my own purity, in my own marriage, in my own openness by going fast instead of deep. And um, I, uh, I started doing really lousy spiritually, messed up really badly in my purity. Uh, eventually was asked to step out of the ministry. And uh, I went into the business world and started trying to just make a bunch of money and, you know, uh, kind of put my spiritual life on the back burner. And, um, you know, I, I, I really, really messed up. I, uh, when I'm traveling, I got in, involved with another woman. I had an affair. I broke my wife's heart, broke my kid's heart. This is very awkward for me to talk about, especially when we got a bunch of young, you know, people in here, campus and high school, you know, and go like, oh my gosh, what, you know. Uh, you know, it still hurts. Hurts Kelly to hear it. Hurts me to, to share, but it's what happened. And um, it took me a long time to, uh, to recover, but I remember about, uh, Ten years later, when we were at, actually asked to go back into the ministry, um, the, the leader said, you know, you need, to, you need to talk to Kelly and make sure you've been completely open about everything in your life. If there's anything you have not talked to her about, you need to do it. There was one thing I'd never told her about, and I was petrified. And I told, I told the brothers, you know, <laughs> I just can't do this. Okay, I'm just going to keep work, doing what I'm doing. I, I, can't, I, I am not going to put her through this again. And it happened a while, a long while ago. But so finally I said, okay, I know I need to do this. We, uh, a great friends of ours, the Williams, took us down to a little, little motel in Oceanside, you know, California, that I call the shrine right now to this day. And we went there and uh, we had communion and we'd arranged, okay, at that time when we're taking communion, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with Kelly about, you know, this, this sin against her I hadn't told her about. And we were ready to do that, and I, uh, we just, we're getting ready to take communion, and I said, Kelly, um, there's something I've never told you that I, that I need to tell you. And uh, she immediately got out of her chair and came toward me, and I froze because she's, she'd done that before, you know, and it, you know with, with some real anger and even physicality. But she got down, you know, in front of me, and, you know, and she got on her knees, and, you know, she said, Tom, you know, I... I don't need to hear anything. I love you. I forgive you. And, you know, it was at, at that moment and, and beyond, I, mean, I understood grace in a way I've never understood it, you know, before. I'm really ashamed. I am you know, feel very sorry for the hurt that I caused my own family and for others. But, but I'm grateful for forgiveness and for this beautiful shrine and this beautiful angel in my life who was able to teach me about it. Uh, I'm sure many of you won't have to go through that, but all of us have to come face to face with who we are and, and, and to embrace God's grace and his, his forgiveness. Jesus told so many parables, parables about this. It's, you know, he, he went on and he, in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 18, he told this story about this guy who owed a million dollars to a king. Can you imagine that? Millions of dollars. 
And uh, Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. And he couldn't pay it back. And so the king was going to, as you can read the scripture here, the king was just going to throw him uh, in jail and just take, take his whole life away. He gets out, he, he begs, he pleads, please don't do it, don't do it. The king shows grace and mercy and forgives his debts. And then the guy turns around and he goes out and some guy owes him a few dollars and he, uh, he doesn't extend that grace and he's harsh with him. He says, I'm going to get you thrown in jail until you, can, until you can pay it back. Well, the king hears about, you know, the king hears about it. Okay, I'm behind the scripture here. Um, the king hears about this and he, he's irate and he says, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant? We can say our, our fellow brother or sister. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brother from your heart. That get anybody's attention? The weight and the seriousness of this. Jesus didn't just talk about it. He, he, he showed it. You remember him on the cross? Man without sin, totally tortured, end up being butchered, in effect, crucified. And he, he looks over the crowd and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And sent sure they knew what they were doing. But the miracle, amazing thing about all of this is it, it, it's possible for us because in Acts chapter 7, Stephen is being stoned for just sharing his allegiance about Jesus and sharing the good news. They stone him. He looks up to heaven and he says, Father, please do not hold this sin against them. He'd been able to be changed by God's spirit and by God's love and God's, you know, forgiveness. So this is a high calling for us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some things on the website and in the Thursday uh, email coming up this week on some practicals on spirit-filled relationships with this emphasis on the Holy Spirit and then spirit-filled relationships with the emphasis on our one another relationships. I'd like you to take a look at it on, at the website and on the Thursday email and look at these passages and see how important the Holy Spirit's role in our life is and how important also our corporate relationships helping each other out in this area is. But I want to kind of end with this. Here's what Jesus says. Forgiveness and giving giving grace and giving our finances and other things, our talents, are very closely tied together. And so Jesus here in a similar kind of setting like the Sermon on the Mount, as he's speaking on many different topics, he says, forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over in your lap. Giving and forgiveness are, are so tied, you know, together. This is one of the most important principles that Jesus taught. And it's all up to us on how much we choose to give, how much we choose to forgive. If we use a little spoon and just kind of spoon a little out, you know, from time to time, that's what we'll receive back. If we get a big amount and shovel out that grace and forgiveness and, and, and giving to other people, 
that's going to come back in our direction as well. And why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, you know, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. You sow generously, you're going to reap uh, generously. Don't do this under compulsion or grudgingly. For God loves a, remember, a cheerful giver. You know, let's all pray that we'll be able to have this spirit of grace and forgiveness and love and in our relationships and uh, um, work on our gratitude. Think about, is there anybody I need to forgive? Anybody, as Adrian said, I need to ask forgiveness for? And to become more and more like God as God's Holy Spirit is in us, remaking us. We're going to have communion here in a moment. I'm going to say a prayer for it. Hopefully, if you're at home, you've got your preparations made. We're ready here in the auditorium. I'll say a prayer. We'll have communion. And as you, you reflect on that, of all the things we're reflecting on as we think about the body and blood of Jesus, it's his amazing grace and forgiveness in our life that makes it so much easier to then extend it to others. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, oh, we just can't thank you enough for your grace and your forgiveness you know, in our life. We need every breath we take. We need every moment of forgiveness that you extend to us you know, in our lives. Help us to never take for granted all the things that you've done in our life, least of all the sacrifice of Jesus. Father, we celebrate that in communion this morning, and we thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.